You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Alcoholic says, well, in that case, I got no problem going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Hello. Thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good boy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 145, the Full Moon Fever edition. Yep. R.I.P. R.I.P. Tom Petty. Before we get to Tom Petty, however, we got a couple couple bookkeeping uh, issues to take care of. There's always bookkeeping issues to take care of, but we just never, we never take care of them. They pile up. So I've got 144 episodes worth of bookkeeping issues to tend to. So um, I'm not sure how long this is going to take, but maybe we can, I can, I can try to truncate it. Episode 76. (laughs) So uh, first things first, uh, getting the two Sorry Excuses podcast to your Google machine, your iPhone, or your Android device. For some reason, the Two Sorry Excuses listenership has gone through the roof. I don't, I don't know why. There have been over 12,000 proactive incidents that end with somebody hearing at least... The first few bars of "Hello, thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses." I, I, I think that's great. However, maybe people are downloading just to hear that. Maybe your maybe. beautiful voice. But over ten percent of those incidents have come within the last month. Fifteen percent, maybe a little more than fifteen percent, have come within the last two months. So, for whatever reason, we've gotten this renewed listenership or new listenership and I think it's great but I don't know that many people so I just want to make sure the people who listen to us are getting us and they can do that very simply they can get on their iPhone or their Google machine and head over to iTunes and hit the subscribe button then they don't have to look for us they don't have to come back every week or wonder where we are. We pop up right into their feed. We're the 73rd most popular podcast in El Salvador. Well, there you go. So, uh, there you go. So the El Nielsono reports say. <laughs> <laughs> Those who are not iPhone inclined, uh, you find an app. Stitcher. That's probably the best one. Download yep. Stitcher and find... Through your search bar, the two sorry excuses, like that podcast or favorite that podcast, and you'll get updated with each new episode. Because we're a little like, I don't know, incon- I don't want to say we're inconsistent, but I mean, I guess we're really, we are inconsistent in our, in our publication. It's good to know when, when something is there. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to go search for for something new, well, the the old uh, apps, the applications, as they call them. I mean, I them. guess we're inconsistent, but we still do friggin' more than friggin' 
40 recordings a year. We, we do about three a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, exactly. So I want to make sure everybody who wants to hear us is, I mean, I guess all these people who are downloading and listening want to hear us. We're not forcing anybody to it. <clears throat> but there's, there's, there's people out there who I want to make sure are, are getting us um, because we've got important things to say to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. So, so just make sure you are subscribing. Tell your friends to subscribe. Yeah, we're the um, number two podcast on Ten Barnard Road in Dorchester, Mass. See, there you go. I don't know how we're not number one there, but we're number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is all important for the following reasons. It's all important that I bring this up for the following reasons. Uh, we are at episode one forty-five. Probably the end of October, beginning of November, we will reach the 150 episode mark. But just as importantly, that'll be our four-year anniversary, right? I always get that wrong. But it, we started in 2013. 2013 is when we went live, yes. Okay. So the, the actual inspiration was the year before, I right. guess. First episode was uh, November 11th, 2013. Right around that time, right around our fourth anniversary, uh, we will be releasing episode 150, which I hope is a special edition, uh, some type of fanfare. But more importantly, uh, some big show changes are coming down the pike. I think it's time okay. to, to, to freshen up, put a little powder on the nose, press the shirt. And what officially become a full Craigslist uh, <laughs> podcast? I got some ideas. I got some ideas. A full transition to a Craigslist purchase and review uh, uh, pod. Maybe some unboxing episodes in there. I don't know. I don't want to spill. I don't want to yeah. spill the beans. Might I'm have to go to YouTube if we're going to do the unboxing thing. We will. Uh, we, 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 you and I will discuss what, what some of those. You ever look at are. those unboxing videos when you're trying to figure out how something works or whatever? Yeah, that was the first time I ever come across those things a few years ago. I was like, this is like porn for nerds. It, it is. And here's the problem with it it's all the same content because they're all open in the same shit because the, yeah. the, all of those, uh, all of those, um, vendors are, investing in YouTube videos, etc. So they're sending all these people this free shit. Yep. And worse, they all have the same... Because they're all just sheep, right? None of them are really like unique personalities. They're all people who are like, let me start a YouTube channel. And they're yeah, all... it's just hands and product. It's the same <sighs> approach to the delivery. Okay, guys, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, oh my god, I just thought I thought I'd throw up a quick video. It's Wednesday, you know. I always do a personal video on Wednesday, Unboxing Day. <laughs> like below, subscribe, and then they do all this quick edit cutting, you know, like yeah, like when I was got the um, you know the range extender for the Wi-Fi thing. I was looking up how you know. Trying to find, you know, decide what product I want. And I come across an unboxing video for, you know, it's just so ridiculous. It's like, and it comes with this, and this. it's just, it's fucking weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't know how they monetize it, but they're monetizing it, which encourages them to do it even more uh, without changing yeah. up their, 
you know their delivery and the and the presentation and the and the quality but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we're headed there. I don't know if we're headed there. But I got a couple ideas. I, got, I think a couple fun things um, for the new, uh, the dawn of the new age of the two sorry excuses. So, All right. uh, so that's that. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast if you get. I want make device. sure I subscribe too because I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, find out myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the second piece of business that um, that we've got to cover is from time to time. We get a note from one of our loyal listeners. Um, not any of the randoms that just have happened to find us and, and either are spamming us or accidentally subscribed. The, some good loyal listeners uh, write. Good loyal in. listener. Because we we tend to talk about the same thing over and over again, yeah. but we tend to not answer any of the intrinsic questions or holes in that dialogue so a just like you don't get to ask questions of tv shows correct that's how that works <laughs> <laughs> however a podcast- this week on the simpsons we're gonna answer some of your questions <laughs> however from uh, the podcasting perspective we look at this as a community so we encourage that mm-hmm. so uh, from time to time uh, I'd like to reach into the mailbag and um, and answer those questions. Although okay. they don't come very often, but when they come, yeah. they they make they come in rapid fire succession when they come. <laughs> so I grabbed they one. Do. And, uh, I mean, I, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. I just grabbed one um, and, right. and see what we can do with it. it says, uh, "Dear sorry excuses, first time writer, long night, uh, first time writer, long time <laughs> listener, except for the times when I don't have a car." Upon listening to a recent episode, I heard Sanders casually mention uh, that you were in the Poconos for eight or nine days. My question is, how does that work? Are you camping? And if so, are you in a tent the whole time? Or is there a cabin or something? Is there outdoor plumbing? Are you by yourself like a grizzly man? Or does your family have adjoining tents? (laughs) Uh, This is an easy one. I'll let Sanders take this one. Where do you put the dogs? (laughs) Thanks for taking my question. I'll hang up and listen. Sign Billy from the Cape. P.S. Where... Liv, how do you make your waffle batter? Yeah. So two part, two part question. I guess. Yeah. Uh, first, the poke well, let me. Sorry, I don't want to step on, but let me ask real quick. Yeah. I'm I'm more curious about the dog aspect of that first. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, dogs are prohibited uh, okay. from uh, going to the Poconos. They are they uh, prohibited by the rules of the community up there? No, no, no. Because the community. On any given day, you'll stand out on the porch or the patio uh, deck, actually, that overlooks yeah. the uh, the the complex. Wait, the um, tent has a deck? <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it more confusing for <laughs> It's an elaborate tent. Um, so you'll look out upon the road, and, and it's on a hill. It's on a mountain. And uh, it's a house first. <laughs> let's yeah, go. yeah. Well, let's yeah. get to that. I'm sorry. Let, let's go. I should let you explain explain the living quarters of the Poconos. Yeah, I won't uh, explain the Poconos because a lot of people have always yeah, heard about okay. the Poconos, but people don't and really know what the Poconos are. Obviously, right? If yeah. if the popular conception uh, or misconception is that you know you're living in a tent, I figured that that people aren't. As uh, versed with the area as I am, so because no one camps in the Poconos, right? 
N- uh, yeah. Very few. Very like, few. It's like something you might do, like, if you have a place there, you might let the kids go camp on the property, maybe. Maybe. Like the way you camp sure. in the backyard. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All right. Um, the... There, First, a, where are the Poconos, Sam? Excellent question. So there's a couple mountain regions <laughs> <laughs> in the Northeast, all right? And, okay. Um, obviously, everybody is familiar with the Appalachian Mountains and the Appalachian Trail, right? That's yeah. general mountain range in the, in the Northeast. But from that has a few offshoots that are... A little more recreational. Over the years, they've been turned into these like uh, resort-type areas. Probably the most common would be, um, or the most popular, would be the Adirondacks, which uh, Dirty Dancing, I think, takes place in the Adirondacks. Yeah, they're in the Catskills. Catskills. The Borscht Belt. As it was yes. called, where all the okay. Jewish resorts used to be. Yes. Now, let me ask you a question. You mentioned the Appalachians, and we know the Appalachian Trail runs from, like, I think northern Georgia all the way to Maine. Is Pocono, are the Poconos part of the Appalachian Trail? No, I don't believe okay. so. Um, although it's close because the Delaware okay. Water Gap, which is about 20 to 30 miles away from... Well, you know what? Technically, probably, yes. I'm in a port, a part of the Poconos called Mount Pocono, um, okay. which probably Pocono spans much more than that little town. So, yes, I would guess it's like at the foothills of the uh, of the Poconos because it does go to the Delaware Water Gap, which is about 20 miles east, 30 miles east of... And of the Delaware Water consider. Gap is... Is that the river, uh, the Delaware River? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Delaware River starts there. Um, is that divides, basically what runs down... I'm sorry, divides what, Pennsylvania? Yep, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, exactly. All right. And that's exactly. where uh, George Washington crossed? Uh, much further south, probably, I would say, 60 to 80 miles south down by Trenton, closer to Philly. Okay. All right. Same river, right. though. Same river. Yeah. And what type of people go to Poconos? Like, not what type of people, but what region are you coming from if you're vacationing to Poconos? Right, so yeah, you're like, in the, you're coming from the Northeast, and you're mostly coming from New York City and the Jersey Shore area. Not okay. too many people are coming from the West to vacation yeah. into the Poconos. But you would say all the way like Philly too. Uh, easily Philly. It goes Philly, then straight north of Philly's Allentown, and then okay. uh, north of Allentown is is the Pocono. Scranton area, so that whole that whole corridor, Philly okay. Allentown into the Poconos, and then east. If you if you if you know your New Jersey lore, New Jersey shaped like a like a toll booth collector, <laughs> right? Which yes. is only reinforced by the fact that the state of New Jersey is on the tolls. So it's like, what came first, you know, the imagery or, or the perception. But um, so anybody from like the shoulder to the hat and obviously to the nose, that upper part of Jersey, that's the that's the, the Poconos crowd. Okay. Now, 
It would go in order of of northeastern resort areas. Berkshires is 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 number one in terms of socioeconomic. Talking about the Berkshires of Massachusetts. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, I've been there. If you got a ton I had a of money from there, Great Barrington and all that area. You got a ton of money. Your family is is vacationing in the Berkshires. Oh, really? That's like What's, upper. Um, that's like upstate New York, which yeah. is actually just the area right past New York City, which is kind of weird because it's truly not upstate. Yeah. But what we think of as upstate is really central New York. So, yeah. like, the area of, uh, you know, Albany, yep. Newburgh, like, all those old New York Woodstocky-type towns. And I know it's, like, real close to Connecticut and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. I had a friend from college there. You know, a guy didn't graduate there, but I still talk to him frequently. He lives in San Jose. He was from a small town out there in... It was so small that the frame of reference was Great Barrington because that was the big city. Yeah. What was it called? Sandusfield. But it was like, but all right, it makes sense. He wasn't rich. Trust me on that. Right, right. But, um, but what's it, what they have out, I think, in Great Barrington, have Tanglewood Music Festival. So that would make sense being a rich person's thing because that's like a, that's the type of thing rich people go to. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Then okay. next on the pecking order would be the Catskills. The Borscht okay. Belt, as you mentioned, that's uh, yes. that is um, the Dirty Dancing. A lot of Jewish families from like Long Island, uh, the Lower Connecticut, um, just over the Jersey border. Like that's their scene. Yeah, I know that was like it back in the old days where all those comedians, you know, would make their mark. All the yeah, exactly. They all go up there and and, yeah. and make a living for the summer. Yeah. Like Alan King and all those guys. That's where they all got their feet wet. The Poconos. The Poconos developed back in like probably the 60s and the 70s. Oh, is that recent? Uh, I mean, in terms of what people think of the Poconos now. Yeah. With like the Mount Airy Lodge and the um, um, heart-shaped beds and like it was the type of place or like a Niagara Falls-ish type of place a type of place where like a modest couple could go on like a honeymoon right yes and it was kitschy yeah. and yeah um you know it was it was a newer development so back before back before all the honeymoons had to be international vacations right exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um and there's decent skiing but if you're a skier you know, it's nothing to write home about. You can get to, from Jersey, in another hour and a half, you can get to Vermont, where the skiing is pretty is pretty good. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're just an average skier, you don't have a ton of money, or, you know, you don't have time to drive to Vermont, Poconos is an hour and a half from the city. You get some, some decent skiing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. around these resorts, uh, housing development started to started to pop up and um we i don't know why i guess when we were little you, kids housing developments like actual residential stuff residential like stuff. where people are living for year round they they were yes i think that's how they started but okay. then it wasn't sustainable you can't raise a family in a in a winter resort town yeah you know, yeah, not, yeah it's not like there's uh, gotta be some type of industry Aspen or anything, so yeah. uh, they turned into 
rental properties. Yeah. So, so basically some developers took a gamble years ago building residential, which eventually didn't pay off. So the people who owned them converted them to seasonal rental. You got houses, it. Right. Okay. You got it. And there's some like shack camp type places. That's the big thing up in the Adirondacks is, uh, it, the, you know, they call it camp, right? You just have yeah. this, the, the property so expensive and you just want to be there. You get this little sliver of land, and you build a little, like, you know, two-room shack on the yeah. on the property. That's yeah, just to po- take advantage of the land, not the exactly yeah. the Poconos go hunting and fishing and all that type of stuff. Has a few of those, but for the most part, they're these you know three or four story, um, five or six bedroom ski chalet type of joints. Okay. But since since the property value up there is so inexpensive, the property up there is so inexpensive that people can afford to have these as just like rental properties or even just, you know, weekend houses, vacation houses. So when we were kids, my mom talked about wanting to to go to the Poconos. Yeah. Have like, you know, family vacations in the Poconos and uh Christmases in the Poconos or Thanksgiving in the Poconos and one year we just decided to rent a house in the Poconos and we all went up and it was a good time and uh, a couple years later my parents were like listen we can afford to buy this for the amount that we spend to rent it if we can rent it out you know if we can if we invest in it it's a little investment property so they retired they got this little investment property Um, so they put it on the market, you know, whenever they can. They have a realtor who rents it. But for the most part, uh, that's just to kind of pay the taxes or whatever. Um, and we try to use They rent it. out during the ski season and stuff? Yeah, definitely during the ski season because none of us really ski. Um, unless you talk to my sister, then she's an avid. She's been skiing since she's four and water skiing since she was nine. Like She's a regular peekaboo street. Yeah, she's led this alternate life that nobody knows about where she's an expert when th- with things strapped to her feet. <laughs> <laughs> so we rented out, uh, my parents, we, it's, you know, there's no communal we here. Um, they, my parents rented out in the wintertime uh, as much as possible. And then, uh, you know, they go up in the fall. And then obviously Thanksgiving is a big, uh, is a big a uh, big time for for us to go up and kind of commune as a family. So it's it's on the top of a hill or mountain technically, right? That overlooks a lake. So you come up, there's one way in the development, one way out, and when you get to the top, it's a circular road. So like all the houses kind of backyards face in and you face out to this circular street. So picture like like a lollipop. Yeah. Right? I guess that's a pretty good way to explain it. So on any given day, you can be standing on your porch and you're looking out onto the road and then across the street are more houses and behind those houses are a lake. So we don't have a lakefront view, um, but the houses across the street, their backyards face the, face the lake. So I don't know why you would stand outside on our porch. On our deck, because there's really nothing to see except for the people across the street who are having a nice view. Yeah, I guess you can yeah. imagine that you were those people, and someday 
You can afford like, to live man, across the street. Man, if only I could be in that house. <laughs> <laughs> now that lake, yeah, we give them because I've been there and their boats and everything. Yes, um, right. Okay. Oh, so you've been there. Oh, shit. You, yeah, that's, that's right. You've been there. I'm explaining it yeah. to you, and you have firsthand knowledge. So yeah, but you're ex- but you're ex- you're explaining for everyone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We have a question yeah. with Billy from the Cape. Sorry about that. <laughs> for Billy from the Cape, you know. For Billy from so, the Cape, but but why well, I know is because we were there. You know, it was we got there. It was it was a little cooler weather because it was late September because it was two years ago. Um. We were up there for the LSU game. But during the summer, I mean, there were boats out there. But when it's at the peak, like, say, July, August, A, are people, obviously they're boating out there, but are people swimming in that lake? Are people fishing in that lake? What's going on? Uh, What are they doing in that lake? They are everything, all the above. This was the first summer that we decided to invest some quality uh, family time in the summer. Oh, uh, you usually is, go up there for Thanksgiving, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. okay. But this summer, um, we organized just a, like a week, like an open house kind of week. And if you, if you, hey, come on, cash, <laughs> stop it. I'm talking about the Poconos. This is why you He's don't get pissed because he knows you're gonna get. You're talking about the Poconos. It's PTSD because he knows he gets his ass dumped off every time you go to the Poconos. That's this is why he's not allowed because it's, it's a friendly place, the Poconos. Yeah, it's a chicken um, and egg thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we went and we went in the lake. Um, my parents didn't go in the lake. They made a big deal about how they don't go in lakes. <laughs> That's weird considering they were intent on buying the Poconos place, right? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And they also don't ski. Um, I, maybe they just like to be higher. Why don't they go on lakes? Because lakes, to me, are the safest forms of bodies of water to go into, especially northern lakes where there's no alligators. Uh, I agree that they are the safest form, especially northern lakes. Uh, however, they tend to be the grossest form. Yeah, because it's just stagnant water, basically. Basically, basically, you can go in a river up here. Rivers are great because they're all they're all um, flowing water. You know, fast flowing, fresh water. But you uh, figure rock. a mountain lake, though, you know. And, like, and you think it's honest, nice when you think about mountain lake. It is. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. And um, the bottom is sandy. It's not gross and slimy and seaweedy. Uh, but for some reason, my parents have it in their head that this is not something that they are willing to engage in so my brother uh and his wife and the kids and the girls and my sister um and her little one went to the lake a couple days we went swimming uh, a boat is the big uh, pipe dream of the desantis committer clan and what what we are hoping for is maybe to get like a canoe next year <laughs> Is the big dream. We're hoping to get a canoe. (laughs) (laughs) I never think of a canoe like as a major purchase. It seems like something you could have gone down to the sporting goods store and got one while you're up there. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Times are tight, man. Times are tight. You have to like uh, in a half hour. You you could have been back with a canoe, you know. 
Yeah. Probably would have so been, take probably would have been a better s- deal than that family picture with the college T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take it slow. We're going to take it slow. We're going to go into okay. a canoe next year. Um, right now, who's that's on an board upgrade. for the canoe? You and that seems like something Josh would be into. No, no, Eric, Jillian's, uh, uh, J- Jillian's the brother-in-law. Yeah, my brother-in-law. He has his own boat, but it's an inflatable boat. So we want to, we want to move up to something yeah, that doesn't something need that air to stay. Sink, yeah. So uh, then after that, maybe some, you know, like little fourteen-foot or eighteen-foot, you know, little tool-around boat that you can you can, you know, just put a yeah, tube on the years, back you'll or have whatever. A dinghy. A what? A dinghy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep upgrading every summer, man. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the the hope, the hope, the master prize, the gold ring, the brass ring, as they say, is a pl- a pontoon boat. That's uh, pretty yeah, popular. Yeah. I do believe I saw those. Those are good, like uh, booze cruise party boats, basically. Yeah. Right? So you can go around the lake and Nick's Lake House, where we enjoyed some outside cocktails. Yep, that was a good place. Uh, you can hung out with the firefighters work. who were there for their big convention. Yeah, exactly. You can <laughs> uh, you can pull up and dock right there. So um, so that's like added incentive that you know you can be out on the lake all day and then you can go up to Nick's and get some some food and have a couple cocktails or whatever. So um, and you can get actual like bar type of food, wings and pizza and stuff. None of the uh, shishi stuff. Yeah, well, they have they have regular food. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what we ate there, We're like wings and pizza and stuff. Oh, yes, yes. You know, like right. it's not all, you know, you know it. You know, you go to these places that got like nice spots, and all you can get friggin' bullshit. You know, just give me wings and pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, <laughs> right. You're right. You, it's it's a place called the Nick's Lake House. You think maybe that sounds a little a little uh, hoity-toity, but it's not. It's a yeah. real like. It's a good solid joint. Yeah. I mean, it had what we, what we wanted. Sandwich, pizza, wings. Just like, you know, which makes sense if a lot of people are going to be from Jersey, you know? Your restaurants uh, will be serving like pizza, wings, and subs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is good, good, good blue collar fare. So, yeah. um, and then what was the it. place we went and had breakfast there? Piggies? Piggies. Yeah. Piggies, yeah. That's a Brian needs to go just so Carla can go to Piggies. <laughs> apparently, I'm the only one in my family who uh, who who enjoys Piggies. I I, uh, I said I was going down there uh, and have some breakfast because I I was on vacation, you know. And when you're on yeah. vacation, you want to eat some breakfast. So I said I'm going down to Piggies, and people reluctantly went with me and complained the whole way down there, you know. Um, well, where would they rather go? Too expensive. The food's not good. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was like, well, what'd you come for, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there a competing venue that they prefer? Uh, there's a place across the street that is a, a breakfast joint. I don't know if they prefer that. Um, I, to be honest, I, I don't know what you would expect from a resort, a lakeside resort. You know, expensive breakfast. Uh Maybe yeah, it's not going to be like your down home corner diner and your, you know. Yeah, exactly. You get what you get. Yeah, you get what like you get, they're so. dealing with a captive audience. Where are you going to go? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, 
the the house is on the top of this hill and it overlooks the lake and uh, it's, you know, probably got four or five bedrooms, one, two, three, four, five, six bedrooms, three stories, uh, but no dogs are allowed. You, you will see dogs walking around Sky Drive, uh, you know, around dinner time when people go out to take their evening constitutional or whatnot. Um, so dogs are allowed in the complex. It's not an issue with the homeowners. This is a Phil DeSantis rule, right? It's a Phil and Ellie DeSantis rule. They have Phil uh, and Ellie DeSantis rule. They have locked down on on the dog policy. So now, there was that a, always a policy, or did a dog come there and there was a bad episode? I think they proactively put a kibosh. Avoid on the slippery the slopes. Yeah. Let's just let's know that if we let dogs here, there will be a problem eventually. Yeah. So let's just say no dogs here. You got that, and Matt? <laughs> I can respect that. You know, it's their house; they pay for it. So, are you um, the only dog owner? Uh, no, Josh is also a dog owner. Okay, but does he have two big dogs like you? No, no, but he's got one relatively big dog. But I had one. I had dogs first, um, and those. The policy was created while I had dogs, so it wasn't like a retroactive situation where, oh well, now that there's more dogs, it's going to be problematic. We'll put the kibosh on it. Um, they they started it from from day one. They don't even bring their dog up there. Uh, they put him in a in a. Oh, uh, your parents a have a dog too. Yeah, old as dirt. It's yeah. uh, like an eighteen or nineteen year old little. He looks like a. Uh, he looks like a um, honey badger. <laughs> He's this nice. little squat thing. He's like a pit bull mix. Yeah, like a pit bull got mixed with a Datsun or something silly, you know. When and I think of your dogs, bandit. I think of the uh, the neighbors' dogs that are always going crazy that come and steal the turkey and stuff. Bumpus uh, Christmas story. Yes, the bumpuses. <laughs> yeah, the bumpuses. Yeah, and they have to end up being the Chinese dogs like restaurant. That? That's what I think of because I always hear them in the background. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they are Bumpus's dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have such a bad reputation. They're such sweet dogs, but they do. They have such a bad reputation. And it's not like they're untrained, they're just selectively trained. Selectively you know? trained. Yeah, yeah. They wanna they wanna listen to it. They wanna listen to it and the stuff that yeah, they wanna it, listen to. Screw it. Exactly. Yeah. Ex- exactly. So yeah. um so I, I don't know if that answered any of uh, of Billy's questions. There's there's no camping at the Poconos. Yeah. It's a it's a house situation. How many does it sleep? How many individual bedrooms does it have? So there's six individual bedrooms. Within those bedrooms, you can accommodate. There's six individual bedrooms and a loft. Three stories, including six individual bedrooms. Yeah, I remember that because it went to the basement. Yeah, so. Um, you walk in to what is essentially the basement. Was there above. a pool table down there? Was there a pool, a pool table t- down there? Pool table, couch, okay. uh, television, and then there's some bedrooms in the back um, that are really not bedrooms because they don't have closets, but there's there's three beds. Those can accommodate, I mean, depending on the situation. A college, kids who want to spend New Year's up there, it can accommodate one, two, three, four 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eight. It probably can accommodate eighteen. You know, if you don't. That's basically for like the. Uh like all those extra beds and all that stuff. That's basically for like, as uh, as Reggie would call them, the grands, huh? Yes, yeah. So we haven't we haven't gotten to that point where we start to segregate by age. We still segregate by family. At some point, I'd imagine there will be a kids move together, adults move together, grandparents move together. Yeah. My, that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. Okay. Kids, you know, as they get a little older and start to be the same age, you'd think the girls would all want to stay together in the same room. Yeah. You know? Because they're all relatively the same age. They're 7, 7, and 4. So when they're, you know, 12, 12, and 9, they'll want to have a sleepover or whatever. Yeah. That'd be my guess, you know. Um, but it still, right now, it's uh, it's segregated by family. Josh's family stays in one part. Jeremy's family stays in another part. Jillian's family stays in another part, and I stay next to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> the one man family, the bachelor family, next to the kitchen. <clears throat> so that's it. No dogs. Um, there is indoor plumbing. Uh, we don't camp. We go up there. Although it is, a, it's, is there a heart-shaped swim uh, bathtub in there at all? There's there is a hot tub, but there is no heart-shaped tub. Okay, the hot tub's uh, outside, the, right? The hot tub's outside. I've never been in the hot tub. Okay, I don't know why that's the case. I just I haven't been. So you said something also there about the sleeping arrangements that raises a question. So it's a popular place to go for like New Year's Eve for like college kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of holiday traffic, so you'll see a lot okay. of people renting for Thanksgiving. Uh, you'll see a lot of people renting for Christmas. New Year's Eve is definitely one of the big prime weekends. Um, but random like college ski weekends. kids rent like big cabins and just go crazy in them and stuff. Yeah, my my parents have told the realtor don't rent. To you got to be you know a family or you got to be 35 or whatever to rent. Um, but yeah, there's like beer festivals and NASCAR races and, uh, chili cook-offs and all kinds of like regional activities that you could see somebody from like Penn State or one of the Scranton schools, um, you know, University of Scranton or whatever coming down. It's a quick drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they... Like Jerry, Jerry and Pat McNamara coming down for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, they probably even have, uh, you know, like semi-formals in the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- it seems like a semi-formal type place, just like Niagara Falls, you know? Yeah. You know, the great, uh, what are the, the Finger Lakes up in Alexandria Yeah, the Bay Finger Lakes a, region, yeah. Was what a is it, Thousand Islands or whatever? Yeah. It's that yep. area called. But um, the other, all right, so like, but like, so you would get there, because I don't think of much nightlife, you know, maybe a couple of bars, but, you know, I've been... Like in camps or whatever, lake houses where you go there with a bunch of guys and you sit around and drink and play cards and shit and get messed up all night. So I guess you know, they'd be, be doing the same type be, of thing, kids. It would be a really good place for like a, an 1106 uh, yeah. gathering. Like a, yeah, I was thinking that. Like a reunion type of thing. Yeah. 
because they do um they do there's a patrol so it can't be too late like you can't be you know hooting and hollering at midnight um so things got to kind of shut down at a reasonable hour or else you know the security will come around yeah so but you know guys hanging out barbecuing all day and you know playing cards drinking beers um maybe heading down to the lake that's definitely definitely that speed yeah yeah. so um listen if if anybody's interested Heading up to the Poconos, just let me know. I was thinking that I should take better advantage of it, um, but yeah, but the quote you never uh, to paraphrase somebody. Why should we all go down the Poconos when we're all <laughs> up here? <laughs> uh, I, I would. Why should we travel six hours that way? If you come two hour, if we go two hours that way. Only one person has to travel six hours. <laughs> good question, right? That that is a good. I've actually, uh, I've never heard that question before, but uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> so much easier for me not to go out of my way. <laughs> It's so, better that way. <laughs> so that's the Poconos. That's the Poconos. Probably be a good place for Billy from the Cape to take the wife and kid or something, you know. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love that, you know. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I'd be invited, but but if uh, if they went, I would probably just at least stop by for a day, you know. They'd probably need a servant or something. <laughs> <laughs> And since your room's right next to the kitchen, it's perfect. That is true. That's true. That's what that place is missing is a, is like a dumb waiter. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. They'll ring the bell at three in the morning. You know? <laughs> Garçon, Garçon, need a Coors Light and hot dog. <laughs> I come out of the room. Garçon. And some cheese and a... Cigarettes. <laughs> uh, hey, but speaking right. of uh, of of being a guest and speaking of hospitality, we uh, yes. we, had a, we, had a, we had a good time. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. A, seems like it's so hard to believe it was over a week ago that you left. That's crazy, like it right? Flies, man. Well, if I didn't say it. Um, to you in person, and I didn't didn't acknowledge it. Uh, I appreciate the hospitality. I hope I didn't overstay my welcome, and uh, I no, think you went all, above man. and beyond. No, I loved it, man. You were perfect. Uh, you were a perfect guest, as far as I was concerned. Thank you. you. Know? Thank you Especially much. the fact that I thought I was like, you know, because it's not like we did a whole lot. You know, I mean, we went and ate a lot. We ate a but, lot. You know, we ate like motherfuckers. Yeah, but I mean, we're old people now. We're not going out and friggin' going crazy or anything, you know? We, I mean, like, as far as, as far as, you know, turning it up to 11, uh, like, we didn't even come close. Maybe, like, I don't know, the football game. Saturday was, like, an eight. Yeah, because I was pretty fucked up before I walked into the stadium, you know? Because I yeah. know about an 18-pack of Coors Light. 
And okay. I had that big ass drink, which was very boozy at Zippy's. And then yeah. several shots, you know. And I don't really drink all 18 beers, but I drink the better part of them. Because I know I gave away yeah. a couple at the end. Because yeah, I was like, yeah, I just yeah. need to get them done. But it was like, you know. It, so, like, that friggin', you know, you can't, unless you're like in a special section, you can't buy booze or anything, or beer at all in Tiger Stadium, you know, so we, which was kind of plan anyway, since we were, you know, we still needed to, Jordan drove up there, but we had to, you know, I had to drive from his house, so it was perfectly fine, but I knew I was going to have that issue happen, what did happen, where you have the basically uh, waking hangover. Yeah, 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 right, that was rough, <laughs> Yeah, that was rough, mine wasn't uh, as bad, although I got sick, I, uh, I it, I it wasn't like uh it wasn't like uh, uh a hangover consumption sickness. Yeah. You know. I don't think it, it was, helped that like what we had that day to eat consisted basically of a donut. Friggin' you got a quesadilla, I got a burrito, and that's it. <laughs> well, okay. So we started we started So this is the, actually the second leg. <laughs> of our of our Syracuse LSU journey together, right? Yeah, this is the return visit. Yeah, it was was the front end of the home and home where mm-hmm. that's how you got to see the Poconos. You flew into New York, uh, and then we drove to the Poconos for for an overnight um, before heading up to Syracuse. And Jordan was with yep. us, uh, your buddy Jordan from from law school who yep. uh, went to LSU. Your- and at that point was the only person that I had met that was an actual SEC alum. Really? The only person I had ever met who had proper ties to an SEC school. That's the first one you ever met? Damn. Yeah. That's so you would have met a Florida grad at some point, you know? Yeah, not like uh, to have like a semi-personal interaction with no yeah. like i've been to florida games and we we played uh florida in the um in the 99 2000 orange bowl um, or maybe like a vanderbilt we, person even though i really don't consider them sec yeah. technically they are but you know it's a school that's probably got probably at least a third of their kids are probably from north of the mason dixon line you know i um i, I went to to high school with a kid who eventually graduated from Vanderbilt, but not I hadn't talked to him since since we graduated high school. Yeah. So, but they're not the um, same way anyway. They're not like rabid. They're not like real SEC people. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Um, but Jordan Jordan represented LSU and the SEC well. Yeah, he even ob- has a Cajun name. He wasn't obnoxious. You know, he was intelligent and knowledgeable. Uh, you know, in terms of football, um, they had a good team that year. Leonard Fournette was there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because they were like ranked like number two or something going into that game. Whatever, they were undefeated, you know, and it was a closer game than expected. And it was a few weeks later where they were all calling for his head. It was after the Alabama game, okay. I guess, that year. All right. You know, and they should have fired him at the end of the year, but they didn't. And then they fired him like three games into last season. You know, well, 
Uh, so I had to add Orgeron, which is the head coach that was there now, who everybody wants to fire, but they pay him too much money. So here's my impression of of LSU football as it exists today is that they are no more relevant than a team like Tennessee on the national landscape. Oh, right now? Totally not. Right? The SEC... They're more relevant than TSC on the national landscape is something to talk about because they've been more relevant more recently. Sure. Fair enough. So it's sort of like, what the hell's going on with them? You know, but this is the thing about LSU. I don't know if... You and I might not have this conversation, but I've had it with people. They think they should be Alabama. And what this really has to do with the fact is Nick Saban comes here, wins a national championship, leaves a couple years later and goes to the Dolphins and fails as an NFL coach. So he goes to Alabama and they become a dynasty again. You know? Yeah. So that's the real fucking problem. Had he left, had he gone anywhere else? But no, he comes back to an SEC school and does what he's doing there. Right, right. But this is the other problem with it. I'm realistic about Syracuse's place in the college basketball world. We're a great program, yes. But we're not UNC, Duke, or Kentucky, you know? We're not a team that you expect should be in the Final Four every year and should be winning championships every year like those teams. It's nice when you do, and it's nice when you go to occasional Final Four. It's nice that we won a title. But we'll never be Duke, Kentucky, or UNC. That's just a fact of life. They're, they're in a small group, those teams, with a few other teams, you know? Programs that transcend generations, basically, at this point. Alabama football is that. Before Nick Saban got there, LSU people... You know, they rested that everything was all about the 1958 National Championship. The year before Syracuse won their only championship, (laughs) you know? And it was, they were a good program. And it was like, oh, that's great. We're good, but you need to win like nine games or something. Occasionally win the SEC and go to Sugar Bowl, and it was happiness, you know? Now it's like, oh, why why aren't we playing for the title every year? And they're never happy, and that's the problem with Les, and that was the problem with Les Miles, you know? Problem was he was being gauged against friggin' Nick Saban right there. By basically Nick Saban ever coming to LSU kind of ruined LSU for the fans, you know? Yeah. Because now him coming there kind of ruined it, but... Had he not come there and gone to Alabama anyway, it still wouldn't be as bad. You know, but him coming there, then leaving and gone to Alabama really ruined it. Because now they'll never be happy. You know? And, but, like, yeah, you can win a national championship at LSU. There's great talent in Louisiana. Per capita, they produce more talent in the NFL than any other state. There's loads of talent here. But never was it Alabama. You know, like Alabama was dominant for decades, you know, and they're one of those win at all costs type of schools. But now it's they feel like, well, they should be just like Alabama. And you get into, you know, that's when you start having all like just like Alabama went through a bunch of shitty coaches before they finally got Nick Saban. 
You know, and this is what's going to happen, you know. Orgeron might be here two or three years, but it's going to be years. It's hard. Just like friggin' Tennessee when they got rid of Philip Fulmer. You know, like, oh, we can do better than this. Even though he had won a national title there, he had been very winning, won a lot there. But it's like they've been struggling ever since, you know. It's, I don't know. They're, they, they expect to. Now it got to a point where winning nine games sucked. It wasn't good enough anymore, you know. Yeah, and that's where LSU well, finds itself right now. And th- that was my impression of the folks, right? So we met a bunch yeah. of folks. So what did I fly in on, like a Wednesday or something? Yeah, yeah. So what we we hung out. We didn't do much, like you said. We didn't do much. The game was our big outing. I think uh, first yeah. first couple nights, all we did was uh, I don't know. We went out to eat, just like eat, not like hey, let's go out. And yeah, went to Port Call really like it ate something that night you got yeah, here. Yeah, and then Thursday we um with uh, Carlos Rocky and Carlos's, right? Rocky and Carlos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um which I don't know if I had said it at the time, um but had a real like if I had to equate it to something it would be varsity. <laughs> varsity <laughs> pizza. You know, if I see this thrown in the middle of a blue collar working yeah. class area that catered to oil refinery workers, like you walk in and you're like, okay, wait a minute, I kind of see how this works. There's a counter yeah. right there. I mean, I get it's the cafeteria stuff, yes, basically. But you know how, yeah. like, when you go into you go into to, to varsity, you know, the, there's the the pizza guy and he's just yeah. at the pizza table, and yeah. then there's the soda jerk. Who will only pour you sodas? Like he won't yeah. do anything else for you. Then there's the guy um, who puts your order up and then you pay for it, and like it's just weird. It's it's varsity always killed me because it was even more. I mean, Rocky and Carlos is a big operation. Like when it's packed, it's packed, and you understand why they do it. Varsity, I killed me because it was never really that busy. No, that it was. It's basically like a Dellis Jobs program. You never because you know, have- they did. You never had to wait. Yo, it was always yeah. you moved from station to station, but there was like five stations. That's what I was saying. Like it was like a Dallas Jobs program. Like they, it's like a government program almost. Like everybody has a job, even though you just to give people work, even though uh, two people could be running all five things alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the the soda guy would stand there and read a book. Yeah, you know. But don't ask me. The funny thing fries. about varsity always killed me was it was like a high school or a grade school, high school, school cafeteria. Because you remember it had the long tables in the cafeteria seats, like those plastic yeah. seats. Yeah. And like you just sat there next to randoms. Yes. You know, it was those long tables. I remember going there. Who was I with? Probably Scalisi or so. This is years ago. It was a few of us, you know, obviously we're Syracuse. I was like, and I made a joke about sitting at the cool table because that's what it was like. It was caf- It literally was like a school cafeteria. <laughs> what was there? Uh, what was the the non pizza item there that you would get? It was like a roast beef sandwich. Is that it was like an au jus sandwich? I think. Yeah, I used to always get pizza. You know. Yeah, let me look up. Uh, let me look up their menu real quick. Because I like Varsity Pizza. Uh, varsity Pizza was the best pizza. The only thing I stuck about Varsity is they closed earlier than the other pizza joints. Well, yeah, that's why they you wouldn't know that they yeah. were the best pizza because yeah. you didn't need it. You at, wouldn't begin at 2 in the morning, yeah. Uh, like you walk into Cosmos, all those other places that stayed open to 3, you know, to take advantage of the post-bar crowd. Right, yeah, now Varsity, they were closed by like 6. 
Yeah, they used to close real early. You had to go in there and eat early. It was more like a family atmosphere. Yeah, so uh, they don't have a very good... And the big thing with the varsity, besides the food, you know, the big tradition of the varsity. What's that? All the football opponents lined up, the felt banners, and then if we win, flip the banners. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a turkey sandwich. Oh no, no, the varsity, varsity steak sandwich. Okay. That was that. Was, that's what you would get. Yeah. Had a. I think they had a good turkey sandwich too, didn't they? Uh, turkey and I guess a turkey with gravy, turkey and gravy fries. Yeah, turkey yeah. sandwich with gravy fries. Yeah, that's a very Syracuse sandwich. The turkey with gravy. Yeah. Uh, brown gravy was there. Was yeah. the thing you get the brown gravy, but I just remember like every one of those places had that on their menu. Um, yeah, Rocky Carlos. It just it reminded me of that because it just had that yeah. kind of like that like blue collar working class feel, and that's what yeah. Varsity felt like. You know, it was, it was like yeah. this real blue collar. Um, varsity is like an anachronism, you know. It it just it's out of time. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe like wait. It, maybe blue collar is not the right. Right this Yeah, see, I think varsity more like an old school, like a, co- a 50s college sure. type of place. Sure. Like when they. Like you can imagine going back in time and being like freshly glistening. You know, and obviously it wasn't like that anymore. You remember you go in there and the walls were like yellowed and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would see a bunch <laughs> of guys with like raccoon skin jackets and derby hats on. Yeah, you know? Archie and Jug right. hanging out. Exactly. There. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying because it's, it's all like based in that same kind of. Because they were both very old like that, you know? Like, it's like a 50s, 60s design. Yes, it's not a place that you're, you're seeing yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah, they're out of, yeah, they're out of time. So, you know? so that was yeah. cool. We went, we went to, to Rocky yeah. and Carlos. Or Carlos and Rocky's? What is it? Rocky and Carlos. Rocky and Carlos. And there was too much food, way too much food. Yeah, they give you way too much food, yeah. But you, you, you got to eat it a few days later. Yeah, <laughs> right. I brought it home, which is, which is very rare for me. I don't usually take doggy bags home. Because there's never a need yeah. to, but that's how much food there is. And was. like ten bucks gets you a load of yeah, food. Yeah, crazy. There, you know, it's crazy. So, yeah. um, so we hit that up on Thursday. Friday night we ended up going out, right? Friday we went. Well, Friday we went to Parkway during the day. Yeah. And sat at the bar. Then later on that night, went to Rusty Nail and met Abby, who said they were complaining about her job. I wonder how that trial's going oh, for that's it. Right. Started right. on Monday. Big, big money maker. Um, yeah, and then um, and we ended up going to Giacomo's. Oh, that was dinner on later, Friday night. When that, we I'll left. Tell you what, man. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was one of the best dinners uh, yeah. that I've had. I only ate fried. I only had fried chicken. Wasn't like I had anything yeah. crazy. Um, but the atmosphere and yeah, it's a great the, place uh, to go. Appetizers and the cocktails. Yeah, you gotta get the shrimp and alligator uh, cheesecake, and then um. You know, I was texting Pat about it that night that we were there, you know, and um, he texted back one thing. He's like, rabbit appetizer? I was like, yep, because that was the other thing we got, the rabbit, you know, the rabbit tenderloin. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing we got, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that place is great. It's a cool scene, too, you know. Uh, I mean, that was a lot of food, too. They don't, they don't shortchange you on the food that place, either. No, 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 no! Definitely not, definitely not. And the way and the service was great, and the cocktails were were delicious. And it was in a cool little part of town. I was, um, yeah. It was where you and um, you usually catch up with John Malkovich. 
Yeah, usually that's where John Malkovich and I like to go do uh, antique window shopping. <laughs> and that's it's perfect. Down that it's, area too. It, yeah. it is uh, very much like uh, Asbury Park, that that little stretch of town. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's one of the yeah, yeah. It's just like that because like, you know, fifty years ago it was hugely bustling and it's had a revival. And now, of course, part of the revival is like yuppie stuff moving in because there was like a. The thing that killed me, because while it had this revival and all these restaurants and new stores were open up, there was this one place that held out and that was still there up until like maybe four years ago it finally shut down. It was called Super 10. And it was just like this crappy five and dime, you know? Okay. And it was like, kill me. It was like, man, this place is still here. I remember even going in there to get disposable ponchos for football games once, you know? You go, type place, you go get those for like a buck, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, there was, like, people, you know, down on their luck people hanging out in there buying stuff, you know? And I was like, man, I can't believe this place is still open. And then and then shut down, the building was sold, and now the building was renovated, and there's a trendy restaurant as one side of the building and, like, a trendy, like, organic um, boutique grocery stores the other half yeah <laughs> simone's market and the other place has like a uh a name it's initials that stands for like cajun something or other or some bullshit whatever it is <laughs> i'll tell you what man those are the most painful uh businesses to watch open in an area because i don't know maybe yeah. in 10 years maybe in 10 years like that's what the gentrification will do to the area but yeah. it's not there yet yeah i mean it's funny because it used to be up until about a year and a half ago further down the street there was a hardware store it was like an ace or true value or something yeah. and you know all those are like just independent little franchise yeah, yeah, type sure. of things you know it was there forever and then the hardware store shut down and i think it's like a yoga studio or something now yeah, there's the the corridor from my house to downtown uh, has been a little hit or miss. Um, it's my block. Then there is a uh, uh, an apartment complex on the next block. Then the school is on the next block. Then you start the downtown district, um, which is one, two, three, four blocks. Three or four blocks till you get to like the main Cookman Ave. And um, the one of the blocks is like has become like a little holistic block. It's got a chiropractor. It's got a yoga studio. Uh, it's got a acupuncturist. It's got a healing like uh, you know like a down under leather kind of store. Yeah. Um, it's got a barber shop. Then the next block is like the the food. Um, there's a couple food places, and then the next block is, like, the bars. So, yeah, I'm watching these places, and, and like, some of them are just so, out of, just so out of place. Like, I get that Asbury's cool, and I get that Asbury's hip. The same way I get that that area of New Orleans is, like, cool and up and coming. But that doesn't mean everything will survive. Oh, yeah, but that's the way that works. You know? Ideas come and go. I yeah. guess so. I guess so. No, I mean, that that's what happens. Everybody opens, you know, all kinds of places open, you know, and it's like, oh, how's this place going to work at? A place that 
specifies specifically serves meals that consist of the cheese that runs out of your grilled cheese when you're making a grilled cheese <laughs> and gets fried in the pan. That's all they're serving. Right, right. <laughs> That's like my gourmet uh, peanut butter and jelly shop called Jelly's Last Jam. Yeah. yeah, which they have in New York City, those gourmet peanut butter and jelly places right. now. You know, right. Just like they got the gourmet. I wonder if they're still open because, you know, New York City, those ideas come and it's like, you know, these people get in, they make their money, and then drain it for all it's worth and pull the hell out. Right. You know, like the, uh, what did I see? I wonder if that place is still open. The place in New York City that just serves cereal and milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then they get all these stories. They'll be on CNN and then the morning news, which will take, you know, sometimes like your local news. We'll take a CNN story or something, you know, and they act like, oh, this is coming your way, but it's really just a bullshit one to two year business in New York that's not really gone anywhere else. Right. <laughs> the cereal bar. That was one a couple of years ago. I wonder if that place still exists. So the peanut butter company in New York City, which was, uh, let's see where this was here. It's, uh, Sullivan Street. It's a downtown, like... Uh, I want to say close to, um, close to like the village, right? Greenwich, okay. Greenwich Village area. Uh, it is no longer a peanut butter and jelly shop. It is uh, uh, ch- Chamoyada. That's got to be like some Caribbean Spanish yeah. food market. Chamo, yeah. I'm sure it's something trendy. Chamoyada. It's probably like a ceviche, a cevichery. I don't know if that's a term, but I can imagine somebody making it up a term, a place that only serves ceviche. Okay, it's close. <laughs> it's close. It's a, it's a fruit. It's like a frozen fruit delicate. You know what it's almost like? It's almost, it looks like it's a Mexican ice. It's the, it's- I was going to say, like every other um, stand I saw in the parks in Mexico, all serving Hugo, a.k.a. juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh yeah. juice and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what this place is. It's a, it's a chamo, chamo yeah. yadilla. So, uh, but you know, it does blow me away. What is having some kind of stay in power? Because there's a local chain, like maybe three or four businesses like this now, and I know there's a national chain of them. The a different thing that's a national chain: the grilled cheese places. Yeah, uh, Tom and Chi is... Um, yeah, Tom and Chi's the national one, yeah. But there's, like, local one. It's got, like, three or four outlets now called Big Cheesy. And it's like, wait, this shit's actually sticking around grilled cheese businesses, yeah. you know? Uh, my gourmet grilled cheese uh, shop uh, called Cheese Louise, which uh, serves gourmet, gourmet cheese sandwiches, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches, so... Uh, I was there, been there, done that, been there, done that. Yeah. Um, so I remember my sister was all psyched to go to Tom and Cheese when she went up to, when she, my sister Mari took our niece up there to go to some concert or something a few years ago, and she had seen about Tom and Chi on Shark Tank. Okay. You know? All right. And I think they're originally from Louisville. You know, so they drove up that way. So she was psyched because she went to Tom and Chi. You know, I think she even brought back one of the sandwiches because it was on the last leg of the trip, you know? 
Right, 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 right. <laughs> it was such a novelty. And of course, you know, she loves cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like a good grilled cheese? But it's like the idea to go drop like five or six bucks in a grilled cheese sandwich is kind of crazy when you think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> like half of that price is the experience, right? Yeah, exactly. That's It's like 90% of the price, right? I mean, because how much does a grilled cheese sandwich really cost you if you make it at home? That's true. Twice. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <True. laughs> Even if you make it with a load of cheese, how much is it? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of funny, you know? But I remember we went to one of the cheese places here, and it was like, oh, the cheese isn't really melted all the way. It's like, if I'm paying for fucking grilled cheese, you better fucking melt my cheese all the way through. You better figure out how to melt my cheese all the way through without burning the fucking sandwich. Yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> you are a professional grilled cheese maker. Yeah. You should master like the if, skill. Yeah, like when I do that at home and I fuck it up and I burn the bread, it's like, yeah, I did it for myself. But you're paying friggin' money to get your bread burned and then it's not even melted properly because they don't have the, you know, they got the thing heated up too high. Right. Because <laughs> that's the problem, you know. Right. <laughs> but we did not. Uh... Of course, I learned this little trick a few years ago. Friggin' spread mayo on your bread. Instead of... And grill it on the outside. Instead of butter? Yeah, because mayo has oil in it and stuff, you know? Interesting. And it gives you a lot... It, it browns evenly. Ah. All right. It's You know what? I just made grilled cheese the other day. I made myself some soup. Split pea soup. It's, uh, it's crock uh, pot. Cheese with split pea soup. Uh, it's crock pot time. You got the ham hock and stuff? I did. There? I did. Um, oh, awesome. So I made all that up and, and made myself a huge grilled cheese sandwich. Um, and I, I do pretty good, but I don't mind a little under-melted cheese. I, I, I'd prefer my my bread to be light as opposed to dark. So yeah, I've just come to... Yeah. I want it perfectly. I want it brown, you know? Yeah. I don't want it so light, and I don't want it so dark. So what I do, since I learned that, it makes it easier that way, you know? Yeah. Buttering it, but then I put it in, and then I don't put the top part of the cheese on. I cover cover it so it'll melt the top, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I put the second piece of bread on and then flip. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I respect that. It's It's a constant... You know, it's. I haven't made a grilled cheese in a couple, in a few months now, but it is like a. It, it's a constant experimentation process. I hear you. <laughs> you know? I hear you. It's like with the quesadillas. That's always, you know, figuring out the best way to make the quesadilla. You know, whether it's what I think is better with those evens, like taking one tortilla and putting the cheese in and fold it in half so it's like a half moon that seems to work better for me than trying to do the two full tortilla because it's easier to flip as a half moon you just make multiples of those yeah I'm not following you you know like a quesadilla a lot of times you'll take you know you take your tortilla yeah you know your full round tortilla throw it in there throw the cheese yeah you know, then you put a second tortilla on top, Correct. right? Correct. 
So what I've learned that actually makes it a little easier for maintaining all your a robust tortilla without dropping cheese and easy on a flip is just, you know, take your tortilla, put the cheese in, and then make it into a sandwich. Ah, okay. All right. You know, and then you make two of those, and then you can you can press it down all you want. It's not going to... And it makes it easier for manipulating, too, you know? All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, if I had a flat grill or something, you know, it'd be easier. problem is when you, you know... With the round one, you only got so much room in the skillet to get. <laughs> How did we get from LSU football to quesadillas? I have no clue. <laughs> oh, because we were talking about gentrification, basically. Because oh, okay. we were talking about yes. going to Giacomo's. Right. And then we went and had a couple of drinks at the corresponding bars that night. Yeah, that was nice. A lot, uh, a lot quieter than I would have thought for that area on a Friday night. We were right in the heart of, you know, we were in the heart of the of drinking time, 10, 10.30, right? 10.30. Yeah. We were home by. Yeah, but you got to understand, like, 10 years ago, there was no drinking time on that street at that time. Okay, okay. I mean, there was no businesses there like that. Like that wine bar, even the first one we went into. Yeah. You know, and they own the beer place too now. But it took them a long time just to get that place open because there was all kinds of fights from neighborhood groups, you know, about, hey, do we really want this, you know? And because of that, they don't stay open like late, like they might stay open at maybe 2 o'clock on weekends or something. I'm not sure what the time is. But they're not allowed to stay open late like every other bar in the city, which basically most bars can stay open all night if they want, you know? Okay. Because they're new? Yeah, because uh, because they're new and because the Neighborhood Association, which blew me away because the Neighborhood Association was causing all the havocs, not even technically that neighborhood, you know? It's just that it's one that's associated with the university area, you know, that was causing a big, making a big pain in the ass for these people, you know? Yeah. Oh, we did that, right? We took a tour of the, uh, when did we do that? Friday? Oh, that was. We took a t- tour to. No, it was Thursday. That was Thursday. That was Thursday we took a tour. Because Thursday what we did was we went and got Vietnamese food on the West Bank. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, we went and had a late lunch. And then we drove over, and around four, a little bit after four, we met my niece. You know, because while we were sitting there, I was texting her and arranging that, and she gave us a whole tour of the Tulane University campus. Beautiful campus, nice campus. Yeah, yeah, which is more, I know more about the place now than I knew Thursday, September 21st at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, Um, I never... So you were yeah. on the phone. You were on the phone doing some uh, some game prep um, yeah, arrangements. Yeah, Jordan called me the logistics. And so, so your niece and I were just kind of talking. And one of the points, well, one, she's a college freshman, right? So I got a kick out of that, seeing yeah. what the perspective of a college freshman is, and like, what's that voice? A moth in the school, <laughs> right? Like, oh, those people, you know, like those yeah. people. Um, because I was a college freshman once, and I, I like to think I remember what I was like, but but I guarantee you know my memory of my nineteen year old self is nothing like what my nineteen year old self actually was. No, your nineteen year old self in actuality was way worse than your memory is. Uh, absolutely, totally. 
totally, <laughs> totally. So I, but I got a kick out of her, her, you know, absorbing all this as a as a college freshman, couple weeks into the whole experience, and and yeah, uh, she was a great tour guide, and you know, f- from all accounts, a, you know, a great kid, and she certainly lived up to you know her reputation, super friendly. And, um, very personable. She's you know essentially giving me a tour, right? Because you're on the phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get. Um, one of the things that I did get though is that there is a, and I don't know if this is just her perspective or if this is if this is a local perspective, but there there's like a real beef amongst locals, especially local students. That local students, Louisiana students, are not the overwhelming majority of that school's population. Well, I mean, that's a fact. Right, right. But, but wait, what's a fact? That, that they're not an overwhelming majority. Right, but the perception I got was that that's like a real axe to grind amongst the students. Yeah, I mean, there. that's always been one of the... Yeah, I mean, that's... That... That is a fact that people have issues with Tulane down here. Like, it's always looked down upon by locals because, like, oh, that's just all these Yankees and stuff, you know? Oh, those kids aren't from here, you know? Like, it's looked derisively. But think about this, too. This is what you also got to take Sloan in context with. Her father is a welder at Tulane. So, you know... He's a blue-collar dude who works at Tulane, so a lot of her views are also colored by his take on Tulane, too, which obviously is probably going to be about as generous as the typical, you know, physical plant dude that worked at Syracuse's views on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> so, I mean, not only is there already is like a, a local negative perception about, oh, well, Tulane's not really a local school anyway and 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 the thing is it's like you know Tulane's always been a diverse school like nationally but I think it's in the last 40 or 50 years where it even got further away where it got to the point where it was like way overwhelmingly not Louisiana kids you know and from what she was telling me it sounds like they got more kids now than they used to be from the state. Because I remember looking at the numbers when I was in high school, and I think back then it might have been 15% or less, perhaps, were from the state of Louisiana of their student population. And I know in the years since, they've been trying to make a conscious effort to get more people from the state because that is one of their knocks on them. And obviously, even a private university is going to need some help from government for certain things, whether, you know, whether it's just trying to get things passed that you want to get passed for your own university's needs uh, and not necessarily funding for things, you know, so you got to give a perception that you want to be more local than you are. And because she did mention that, because I said how I saw the numbers that there were more, and it was only, it was only by a few, a few numbers off, basically, a few digits off, how many Louisiana was the most kids in the freshman class, but New York was the second. Yeah, and it was only by a couple. Six. You know? It was like six. <laughs> yeah, it was within. Yeah, it was within ten. Yeah, yeah it was really. It small. wasn't that much. Yeah, because I got the email. And I remember looking. At it, I was like, wow. I was like, 
200 something from Louisiana, 200 something from New York, 200 something from California. So, so yeah, it is a, a perception they have to fight. And obviously, if that's the perception, you know, you live in a state that's got a lot less money than New York and California. And then it's Tulane, which is an expensive school. So what's the prevailing thought? Oh, it's just a bunch of rich out-of-town kids, you know? And no one likes a bunch of rich out-of-town kids. <laughs> well, then what? Especially a bunch of rich Yankees. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, to put that, you know, color it orange, right? That's My experience yeah. is, is a certain way. So I'm trying to think of, like, how does that relate? And, you know, Syracuse, I, I, I'm going to guess that the highest population is New York, but yeah. it's not, it's not central New York. It's definitely not central New York. And it's not yeah. way more than New Jersey, not way yeah. more than Boston, not way more than California even, you know what I mean? Like it's got a diverse population. And do, yeah. do you think that that had, you think there was a contingent within the university population? It was like, if we only had more, you know, central No, New but that's apples and oranges in that perspective. But in perspective of, um, you ever go to that bar Romans in New York that used to do like in, in Syracuse? I remember going there during the summer and this dude we were with got beat up. Like, you go into the town of Syracuse, like away from... Sure, sure. Marshall Street, and they didn't like Syracuse students. Yeah, but that's a college, not that's a college, non-college thing. You, yeah, the kids but that's from Lemoyne, the, the local kids from Lemoyne weren't kicking the shit out of Syracuse kids. the The blue collar, natty light drinking, you know, rust belters were. Yeah, were that's down. the rift here. I mean, Sloan's just bitching about it. That's what I'm saying. Hers is colored by her. Her dad, you know? Okay. He's always talking about the kids there. Okay. You know, I think that has a lot more to do with her negative views on the other kids than than the other students. So, you know, of course, there probably is some ownership, but, I mean, that's because it's such a far difference in geography, you know? What you're, what you're saying is that, in general, the, the rank-and-file New Orleans citizen is looking at a Tulane student like a bunch of yuppie northerners coming down here. Yeah. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That's the parallel. And so, I mean, Sloan's seeing it that same way, but I'm saying the other difference would be, like, I mean, it's apples and oranges because you can't compare the Syracuse population to the state of New York because, uh, but I'm sure, I don't know. No, no, sure but it's not apples. The Holdridge just see New Yorkers different than themselves, you know, or any Syracuse people that, you know, they might take more pride in it being local Syracuse people than, oh, yeah, yeah, they're from New York, but they're New York City people. Yeah. You know, maybe. No, no, but you're, Probably. you're right, though, in the sense when you're looking at Sloan's perspective, it's apples and oranges from going to Romans and hanging out, you know, in the blue-collar set. Yeah. But it's not apples and oranges when you shift – the sentiment to who actually has the sentiment and it's the it's the people around that community who are like we, we don't need these outsiders it's the insider outsider yeah, I mean, argument the, yeah i mean it's town versus gown i mean it's the same thing here yeah. like when you see it's like trust me when i drive around and i see somebody traveling like an asshole doing something stupid and you see their plate and you're like oh it's probably a fucking two-lane asshole yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's also a good chance it's a Loyola asshole because most of, you know, probably most of their kids aren't from here anymore. Yeah, that, I mean, but that's yeah. going to be in any, you know, you're you're yeah. right in in the sense that it's it's localized, yeah. uh, but. In, but I in think reality, with Sloan, what you're saying though, I could see it be even more because you know you're dealing with. It'd be one thing like if it was like all the kids that was like, well, 25 percent of kids from New Orleans, but 25 percent from Mississippi, 25 percent from Texas. There wouldn't be as much animosity because there's not realistically regionally there's not a vast difference between those people, you know. Yep. But, yep. like, there's an attitude that people come down with when they're from farther away from me, and I'm sure there's that attitude with kids, like Sloan kids from New Orleans, that probably do get looked down upon by these kids who are coming from elsewhere. Because, for one, generally they are wealthy kids from up there, you know? They're not all wealthy because some kids come down under a scholarship, but I'm thinking of ones I can count on my hands. I went to Tulane. Farm to grads aren't from here. And most of them were kind of well-to-do kids you know right oh yeah the limited amount that i know um, yeah are are well-to-do yeah and obviously they're gonna have their biases you know hell you know i'm snobby about people that live around me in terms of socioeconomic status and learning stuff and the idea that those kids are snobby about me you know right <laughs> yeah Right. Like your typical like uh Long Island douchebag kid or something, you know, comes down here thinking they're better than all the people down here, which is probably common. <laughs> Cuz they think you're, "Oh, we're going to go down there and have fun and get all fucked up all the time." <laughs> right. And the perception is, well then, you know, I'm only coming down to do this for 4 years and in reality, I'm only doing it 8 months a year out of the 4 years. But there's people who live like this. Can you imagine being them, you know? Yeah. Yep. There was um this was in the 90s, I believe this happened. Do you remember there was a um a professional tennis player named uh Gimmelstab? Doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, he was on the tour. Um, Justin Gimmelstab was his name. And, uh, yeah. And he's, see, here's his Wikipedia page. He's from Livingston, New Jersey. Okay. Okay. Well, he had a brother. Like, Tulane's got a good tennis program, you know, because. You're a wealthy school. That's one of the sports you do. You know? He's a Jewish guy. He and his brother played tennis at Tulane. And his brother was all fucked up one night and hit and killed a Tulane police officer. Oh, Christ. But he drove off. And it wasn't until later. You know, he went and sobered up and everything. You know, so he got it. You know, he didn't get much of a punishment. I remember that was a huge thing that pissed off a lot of people and that pretty much sums up that whole affair summed up a lot of people's ideas about the type of people that go to Tulane you know you get what I'm saying sure yeah 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 that encapsulated that had everything kid from the north he was from New Jersey from New York New Jersey area yeah Jewish kid entitled and fucked up and out of control you know? 
Yeah, um, let's see here. Yeah, former tennis star Gimmel Stop pleads guilty. Is this is this for the kids? Yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah, Josh Gimmel, Josh Gimmel Stop. All right, was being issued DIA, DUI by a cop. Pike drunk lost control of the vehicle and ran over the cop and dragged the body down McAllister, the road that runs through the middle of campus. You can't drive down McAllister anymore. You can't drive all the way through it. Yeah, the where we met Sloan was at McAllister and Willow, but you used to be able to drive all the way through from Ferret, which is on the other side, through Willow. You know. Okay. But yeah, that's what he did. He killed the guy. Christ. Yeah. And it was it was a uh, I just remember coming back home after it all gone down. And it and it was a uh, but I mean that that stuff didn't like when they had the um the point shaving scandal in the eighties with Hot Rod Williams. Okay, yeah. Uh I think the kids were from Jersey. <laughs> 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 like it's always every time some bad shit's gone down it's always some rich Yankee kids cause I mean I didn't gamble in sports in college but I'm sure you knew people that did right and who were they that did it it was usually wealthy kids oh of course you know yeah 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 Yeah, cause there's kids that had money to gamble it had kids that had money to make a thousand dollars in bets over the weekend you know right <laughs> something I never had you know yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where to find a thousand dollars, and even if I found it, I wouldn't know who to bet it with. Yeah, yeah. All right, but the two lane tour was pretty awesome, and I know you enjoyed it. And I know you enjoyed interacting with Sloan, which was cool. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I I feel very comfortable on a college campus and in, in that environment. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful campus. It really, really is. Really, it was good. Yeah. Good times. Uh, the LSU campus and and surrounding areas was was also pretty nice. A, little, a lot nicer yeah. than I had thought. Um, yeah, LSU's kind of cool. I did like. I mean, I hope you. I hope you did appreciate that where we went right before we went in the stadium, and that was the reason why we were sent there and why Logan was in that area because that's well, you saw it. That's where the football team gets off the bus, right there. You know, walks down. You saw him when they got out of the bus, right? Yeah. You know where we're in that little sure. hilly area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because yeah. only in Louisiana would would you consider that a hill, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It probably there's no had a place. There's no elevation that high in New Orleans. It, it was twelve. <laughs> it was twelve feet of elevation from from the bottom to the top, and yeah. and uh, you know the folks we were with were like, oh. All right, listen. We just got to get to the top of this hill. That's where all the action happens. Yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to walk up a hill. And then I look and I'm like, wait, we just have to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's not like walking up the hill at Syracuse right. or anything, you know? Exactly. Where like eventually you end up and you can look out over a vista. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's our. Let me just nothing like that. We're 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 running woefully long, but I want to I want to at least give you my perception of of game day all right from, from yeah go for it start to finish we we got off on a little bit of a shaky start um because i knew we were going to be we were going to be out all day i knew it was going to be sunny i know it's going to be hot i really needed to get something in my stomach and i thought yeah. we were in big trouble when 
we started on the road to Baton Rouge with only an apple fritter in our stomach. <laughs> right? Add a chocolate twist. <laughs> so we had to go food shopping or beer shopping, right? So you got some beers and I got yeah. a little... Um, well, that was because Jordan had to drive anyway and he was going to get stuff anyway. So well, I, we made a quick stop at the gas station, yeah. Yeah, well, so I'm not necessarily privy to the whole plan. I just know that I need to A, get something in my stomach... Uh, if I stand yeah. any chance of being a respectable citizen at this uh, event, and I would have liked to have gotten a more formal meal than we got Absolutely. in the morning. Problem is, Jordan's area was kind of a desert as far as it's concerned. And then we, you know, we went to the grocery store, and they didn't, you know, I was like, oh, we should have just gone to a fast food joint. That was my bad call, you know. Had I known he was going to make us wait an extra fifteen minutes, <laughs> <laughs> so. So that was we got off to a little shaky start there, but I think the the choice in the, our grocery store our, our our consumable choices were good. You end up getting an eighteen pack of uh, uh, of Coors Light, and I got yep. which I thought was a brilliant move on my part a um, a mason jar of moonshine. I've had. It was flavored, right? It was flavored. I've had this before. When I went yeah. to um, my my brother in law Eric's bachelor party, um, it was a NASCAR race. One of the guys who was from Virginia had this moonshine. Now we ended up getting real moonshine at the race, which like yeah. knocked your socks off. But this is not. This was only thirty percent alcohol. Yeah, this is that legal stuff because the problem with moonshine is the taxing. Yes. So yeah, yeah. this was almost like a liqueur. So it was like I got a peach, uh, peach moonshine thing, which was great because it came in a jar. It was a finite amount of alcohol in a finite amount of, of mixer, and I could stick the whole thing in ice, and it got cool, and that was fine. I drank just enough during the game. So our choices in booze was perfect. That balanced out our misstep on the food situation, but... What I didn't realize was that we were going to make that pit stop at that uh, at that taco joint before we went over yeah. to the game. So we ended up at some like Greasy Spoon place, which has outdoor seating, which is great because in Louisiana you can do this. It's year-round, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a place where Jordan used to work, so we meet up a bunch of with a bunch of his LSU fans and – his buddies and their wives, and I guess Jordan used to work at this place, so he knew the bartender. And we get yeah, that guy's the one of the dudes that's in the um, the dude that Lou who was working back there. He's in the um, the fantasy league that I was the auctioneer for. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. So we got some daiquiris uh, in the big cups and the you know in the styrofoam cups, and we sat and we drank those for a while, and then I got a mixed drink and we ate some some Mexican food. That was I wasn't too sure there. So that's why I just went with quesadilla. Funny thing is, like, it was only when I walked out in the food area, I was like, oh, I've been to this place super late night to get food before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, years ago, I was like, all right. But I only recognized it from that perspective. You know, walking into the place where you go get the burrito, because the way it's set up, you know? Yeah, and it was great because there was a huge line. Yeah. 
waiting to get yeah. served because there was a food counter and a bar counter and there was a huge line of people waiting to get you know a frozen daiquiris or, or bar drinks that they were going to take on the road with them so they go over to the stadium uh, and we just bypassed yeah. that whole line yeah jordan just walked right behind him yeah you know, told the dude hey man make this for us and we had him it was great <laughs> it was great now yeah i remember why i remember why my stomach was a mess and i ended up getting sick because during this whole time i'm worried about having the shits so i'm overdosing on imodium i don't oh is that okay. i don't want to get caught at a tailgate and have to make a beeline for the bathroom so before yeah. we went I had a couple stomach. All we've been eating is spicy foods and fast food and fried food and, you know, hometown food. For three days, my stomach was a little... Uh, yeah, it takes a toll on you, man. So that's yeah. what it was. So I popped a bunch of Imodium. That's how. That's why I ended up having a rot gut stomach uh, that night. Because on top of the Imodium, now I'm eating Mexican food and I'm... Eat, drinking sugary daiquiris and and I remember at the, and it was probably in the third or fourth quarter at the game because I had I had brought a few uh, Pepto's yeah yeah the game I had like four tablets I pulled them out and you're like oh give me some I gave you two of them. <laughs> right <laughs> right because <laughs> at that point you just go all in you know I'm binding the yeah. whole thing up so it's it nothing's going anywhere <laughs> so we we did that that was great. Um, you know, we had some food with us. Should have got some popcorn at the stadium. We went to go to the game, and hindsight being twenty twenty, this is where the whole day started to unravel. Although we would not pay the price for it later, because I'll get to it. But we hop in the back of a pickup truck to drive over to the yeah. stadium. Now, yeah, Mike's like, I'll drive y'all over there. This is ill-advised yeah. for several reasons. One, yeah. we all don't fit in the back of this pickup truck. There's cool- Yeah, he didn't want to sit up top on it. There's coolers. There's a yeah. bunch of dudes, big fat dudes, medium fat dudes. You know how uncomfortable I was in that truck? Because there was nowhere to sit. Like I can imagine. Because I was like, all right, this would be fine thinking you could just sit up on the ledge of it. But then he's like, no, because what if we get an accident? It's like, well, then we shouldn't be in the back of the pickup truck anyway. Right. Right. But yeah. Listen, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to cast my liberal, my northeastern liberal aspersions on, on, this, on this situation. I'm just going to go along with it. So I crouch down and I get in and it's painful. It's only, you know, well, what turned out. No, pee. I was very uncomfortable because I was like just wedged in there, and I'm like, well, you know, not even on the bump, but you know, Jordan was doing it, and I'm like, well, this is most what they do, yeah. so I'm just gonna go for the experience. Um, and I got it because Jordan didn't really want to drive over there at that point, although we should have. Yeah. Hindsight being 2020, yes, we should have. Yeah. So w- whatever, we get over there, we we split, and I knew we were in trouble when the guy said the only problem is. Is that my wife is pregnant and I might need to go in the third quarter. Yep. Which to me is, hey guys, fuck you. I'm out of here at halftime because I got a pregnant wife and I'm not waiting. In the way LSU was playing, it was, okay, I will leave in the third quarter. Yeah, exactly. So That's the problem. It made it easy for them to leave. For some reason, we just said as a group, cool, 
<laughs> no problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, well, also, because we're all intoxicated at that point. It's just like, just want to get the fuck there, well, you know? Well, at that point, I was so- thinking to myself, no, no, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. Yeah. I, I, I had enough faculties to know what would come. So yeah. fast forward, we we get into the we get to the stadium. We hit a couple tailgates, which are cool. Saw the band, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, saw Mike the Tiger. Mike the Tiger, um, which the new Mike the Tiger, which I understand he's Mike Seven or Mike Eight. But what I kept yeah, asking that is. day, which nobody would would give my question any credence, was that on the cage. On the, uh, what's it called? Um, Yankee Stadium has the famous um, facade. The monuments? On, on, the, oh. on the facade of the cage, it says up to like Mike XIV. Mike XV. So it's like Roman numerals with what I would assume to be 15, you know, the the um, canonization of 15 previous mics, 15 previous tigers. Okay. But nobody would, would explain to me what that was. And they were like, no, we, this is just Mike seven. I was like, I know. Okay. That's great. I believe you, but see that up there. That says Mike 14. Why does that say Mike 14? And the response was no, man. This is- I don't even know. Cause I, I haven't even looked at that. You know, they're like, no, man, this is Mike seven. And I'm like, okay, I get that it's Mike 7. But if you look what I'm looking at, it says Mike 14. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is Mike 7. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Mike 14's about. You know? Yeah. Well, neither do they. Neither do they. Yeah. So um, let's see if I can find a picture of it. And I'll send it to you so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, because they're definitely on Mike 7 right now. You know? Okay. All right. There's only been seven mics. I don't know. Maybe they just figure eventually okay. it will be up to 15 mics. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Where am I sending this? I'm going to send this to your Skype. All right. So let me. Uh, how do I message you? Okay. If you look at this picture. Okay. All right. Look at this picture that I just sent you. And if you zoom in. Yeah, if you, yes, the if you like, portico thing out there. Yeah, so if you view the image and then zoom in, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, now here I think I've solved at least the Hold mystery on. in my eyes. Is that underneath those, underneath those uh, Roman numerals, there appears to there be there are a, other plaques. There's a plaque. That yeah. plaque must describe what those mean. Okay. All right. Yeah, because it doesn't say Mike. It just has Roman numerals in general. No, no, but if you zoom in, it says Mike over those Roman numerals. Well, let me see. See, i got to save the picture, I guess, because it's just the link. Go see, I'm, re- I'm on the computer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not the so same go to, as... On the right, if you're in Google, open up that image and go to view image. Oh, wait, I see what you're talking about. Right, 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 right. Okay, no, 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 no. So try this. Try this. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I don't care that people are waiting for this and this promise. You don't care that Billy from the Cape is going to have a complaint? No, because I need to know this answer. 
Okay, I need to know this answer. All right, I need to see the picture. Let me see. Where where was the the pictures you sent? Okay, hold on. I because I view image. Okay, that's what I need to do. All right. All right. Mike, fourteen. I mean, those might just be entryways. What is that? You gotta see what this. I mean, those might just be teams or something. I don't know. What the what did the plaque say? Is there a page that explains what the plaques mean under it? Probably somewhere. Let's see. Uh, let's see. New habitat. What does new habitat say? From the future, visitor will see the 60 foot tall Italianate Tower, Campanile. The old enclosure with a live oak tree, blah, blah, blah. It creates the spectacular habit feature. Stay there. Technology research, conservation, tiger habits. Stroll along the arch viewing while the visitor has spectacular views of a lush sight experience with Mike the Tiger, Crushing Sounds, or Wind. Swim pond through glass panel arches, allows underwear views. Alive. It doesn't say. It should say what's on there. All right. So but that's what I was asking, and nobody, nobody. Yeah, I got what you're saying. Nobody knew what I was talking yeah. about. So uh, anyway, that was that was awesome. Checking out. Um, Checking out Mike the Tiger was awesome. Checking out the band was awesome. Your uh, your buddies who gave us access to their tailgates, which really wasn't. Yeah, one of those was Charles, who um, who's from my fantasy baseball league, who actually just qualified to run in next year's Boston Marathon. Ah, so that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Right, he looked like yeah. a runner. Right, because he he's been trying to do it for. Yeah, and he used to be like a fat dude, like seven or eight years ago, and then he. Got in a running, man. He shed all his weight. Now he's, like, really good for, like, dudes his age. He finishes really high in these races, and he's been building up to try to get a qualifying time to go in the in the Boston Marathon, nice. and he finally did it. Nice. That's know? hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. He, he put it on Instagram, I think, last night or something, you know. So uh, that was cool. Going into the stadium was cool. We, we took a couple pictures. We saw a couple cops who, who were friends of the cause or whatever. Um, we, we saw an unfortunate incident, uh, where a young co-ed was, uh, Oh God, that was bad luck. Just seeing that shit was super drunk and your friend, uh, helped her out. Um, yeah, Laura was down there with her, the girl and it was funny cause they were walking by us and she literally just collapsed like five feet away from us. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Well, I didn't see her collapse. And it was a whole scene. Yeah. Like she was just. And then they came over there, and they were, you know, I mean, it was insane, you know. It was, you know, then the EMTs were involved. She was, she was from Ohio, but she was an LSU student. Right. Because I remember they were pointing that out. Oh, she's from Ohio. It's like, but she's an LSU student. She's not stopped. Because there was, there was a misunderstanding about that, too. Yeah. People thought that this was just some random visitor from Ohio visiting her friend in Cops couldn't get an answer because she couldn't talk, you yeah, know? Right, she was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it was hot out there, too, you know? It was just, oh, man, yeah, I hate seeing that. So I think I think she, she was all right. By the time uh, we left her, the EMTs were there, and they were getting her uh, fluids, and I think she was going to make a, make a recovery. Um, so we went over to the second tailgate and talked to that guy. That was cool. We went to the stadium. Our seats were awesome. We were right by the tunnel. We saw the Syracuse um, yeah. come onto the field, 
right? We took a few pictures. Yeah. The people we and we we didn't even get our seats yet. By the time they threw an interception, first play <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Right. But we were right there. We were like 50 feet from it because it was right in the corner of the end zone that we were, you know, we were right in that corner as yeah. we walked in the stadium. Like we were right there. Yeah, 30. The field like. 30 rows yeah, up. You leapt and ran 30 feet. Yeah, but where we came in the tunnel there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just leapt over the fence and ran. It was like 30 feet and you'd be in the field. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the people we sat around were, were awesome. They. Um, yeah, the people in front of us were really cool. They were cool. I don't think we were. Um, you know, I don't think we were overly obnoxious or out of bounds. I think we were engagingly funny. Um, and, no, and they, 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 we didn't piss them off. They left. They were like, oh, all right, take it easy. When it was finally time where it was over, basically. I think, you know? I think we're decent fans amongst other decent fans. It's specifically you and I. Yeah. Because we understand what Syracuse is. Yes. Right? And, yep. Um, we we're not looking to be something that we're not. We we know we're a middling program and we don't deserve to be in this game. But you know what? We're in the game and we're we're having a good time. And the other part of it, it's coming off of them getting their asses whipped by Mississippi State. Where oh, absolutely. Like, oh, well, I guess we're really not that it's good. Totally this true. Year. Totally true. That. So they kind of like are kind of down on themselves too, you know. So it's just like, you know. I was a little disappointed in the. In the stadium experience as a whole, but I think what you just said um, is tremendous insight to that. They're coming off of a bad loss. Um, it's a close game. You know, it's an eight, nine-point game going into the third, fourth quarters. Um, we kind of took the air out of their sail, the wind out of their sails, and a lot of people took off. Like, it was empty. That's, to me, yeah, cause what... they got up 28-10, to 10, and... I remember thinking, oh, well, this is over. Because, like, we had a chance to, like, make it close in the first half. Guy dropped a wide-open touchdown, you know. And then it was like, oh, when it got to 28-10 to 10 early in the third quarter, it was like, oh, well, here, it, it's over. And then we came back, and we pulled in 28-26, to 26, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. so it was just like, I don't know. I know it was just frustrating everybody there, you know. So uh, I was on Reddit the other What day. really pissed me off was the clock that didn't work in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, that didn't piss you off. That didn't piss you off? No, not really. I mean. Oh, man. I know it was pissing a lot of people off because I read about it the next day. Yeah. Next couple of days. The freaking game clock wasn't working. Yeah. Like yeah. it kept freaking popping back and forth and then they had to keep time on the field until there was like. And finally, when it came back on, it worked. I remember because it said one minute, but it was broken. Right. He didn't have any clue how much time was left. And then finally it comes on, and I'm hoping there's a lot less time because, you know, for the sake of us trying to win the game with a comeback, you don't want as much time to be left when you're yeah, sure. making inroads. And finally the clock comes back on, and it, was, and it was like four and a half minutes left in the third. And I was like, fuck, we got that much time left in the third still? <laughs> <laughs> Because we had gotten it closer at that point. It's like, I want a lot less time to be available. Because the more time we leave up there, that's the more time they can go score four or five touchdowns Sure, right, right. Um, and then Jacob was texting me doing it. He's like, dude, forever. I've been coming here for years, and they always have problems with the clock. But, I mean, they put a friggin' $100 million in that stadium, and they can't get a clock that works? <laughs> 
Yeah, so I was unimpressed with with the atmosphere in general. Um, but basically, because of what you said, that you know they're coming off a loss. It's you know it's a close game to a team they should have been blowing out. And you know if their fan base gets dejected, then you know they're just a run of the mill fan base. On Reddit, the there was a, somebody wrote a question: What are we not in the golden age of? And you know there's a bunch of a bunch of answers, one word answers. But somebody writes LSU football, and <laughs> I responded to him as an SU fan who visited Death Valley for the first time last week. I concur. And the dude wrote back and he said, uh, listen, as an LSU t- season ticket holder for more than 20 years, I have to apologize. He says, I'm sure you've heard plenty about the mystique of Death Valley, but after the M- after the Mississippi State loss, the fan base just collapsed and you didn't get the real deal. Tiger Stadium's a special place, dot, 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 when the game matters. Which, I mean, I guess you can Which say... Which means every other year against Alabama. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which I guess you can say... That I mean, that's my take on it. I think it's the biggest bullshit in the world. With Tiger Stadium's about is people getting fucked up before the game, really. You know, you, any game, like, even if they were good, like, there would have been more people there at the end, but there still would have been 20,000 people that had left before the end of the game. You know? Yeah. Because that's what it's like. You go to any of those, you go to a lot of those games, even ones against SEC competition, third quarter, lots of students are already gone, you know? And they expand the stadium 100 2,000 seats or something, but it's like it's only really filled when they play Alabama. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those. That's the situation, I mean, right? You only need that stadium yeah. one, one day And the other, other thing year. is, since you can't drink in the stadium and it's got such a reputation for tailgating, when there's a reputation like that, what do people do? People like, well, I got to live up to it, you know? Right. So people get really fucked up. So you got a lot of people. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was – Probably like three or four years ago, when I was at game, and it was it was a decent game too, and it was before the game even began or in the first quarter. And these are really good seats. Kid couldn't even stand anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people leave early just because they're too drunk to stay. <laughs> true, true. That's probably that's probably the truth. Well, I tell you what, e- even with the diminished, yeah, electricity, I was. Um, I was still having a good time, and I thought it was great. And yeah. my world came crashing down as soon as that game was over and we left the stadium because all the goodwill, all yeah. the good times, and all the magic that I had experienced up until that point was about to be erased on what I can only describe as the Baton Rouge Death March. The baton death march. (laughs) (laughs) This was what I was afraid of times three when we hopped in the back. This is why you shouldn't fear things. You just got to carpe diem. Okay. So so I was carpe diem that whole thing (laughs) until I realized we were a good mile and a half into this walk and we had no destination in sight. So after the game ends, all right, we stay the entire game. It's a it's a it's a one score yep. game. Uh, well, it was a two score game, but but we had it in the end. But yes, we had a point where where we we had it down, um, and it was fun, and we're having a good time, and you're not too drunk, but I'm not too tired, and I'm not 
you know, sobering up yet, and it's all coming up, Sandman. Then the game ends, and that's fine. We all spill out, and we go uh, right out the tunnel, out of the stadium, onto the campus. It's one of those kind of places, almost like the dome. You know, you just kind of spill out onto the onto the quad, and yep. we just start walking. And I realize at this point that we don't have designs on catching up with with Jordan's friend. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna walk, and I'm trying to remember the drive, but I know Jordan worked at this place. So maybe it's close to campus, you know? Like, I wouldn't think 1106 Madison Street was close to Fagan's, but it was walkable, right? Yeah. I mean, it was less than a mile, right? Yeah. Doable. Yeah. Doable. Uh, Fagan, I mean, I walked from Fagan's to, from 1106 to Fagan's all the time. Yeah. That's how I got to work. So... I'm like, yeah. okay, well, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to cut through campus and then... That- yeah, but it was a half mile away anyway. Don't you remember? What was a half mile away? <laughs> the place from uh, Zippy's from Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Half- I just remember. Half Laura, mile. she kept saying, half mile. oh, it's only another half mile. Right. Only another half mile. <laughs> so I figure, right? I figure we're, gonna, we're just going to cut through campus and it's right on the other side of campus. Because how we went there was kind of like around campus you know what i mean we made a left and a right and then a right and then we were at the game so we just drove around the campus so i figure well whatever campus is big but i don't mind walking through campus even if campus is a mile hey come on all right let's say let's say campus is half a mile <laughs> somebody rang the door but i don't know who fucking is ringing my doorbell Probably Roscoe. He probably wanted to see if the new batch of limoncello was done. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he wanted to see if the new batch of limoncello was done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hold on a second. Two or two. All right. Um, so I don't mind walking through campus and, and whatever, you know? Even if Wait, it's a little... Let's also throw this in before you get further. We're comparing a campus place to... Uh, Vis a vis Fagan's to 1106 Madison, where we went to a school with 13,000 students, to a campus where a quote unquote campus area place for a school with 30,000 students. <laughs> Fall and go on. I mean, um, that's a big distinction when you think about it. A state college, you know. Here, Here's what I'm thinking is that, like, we are. Eleven oh six, Matt. Why does this look like this? Okay, I guess that's true. What I'm, you know, what I'm really comparing it to is in my head, is if we walked to South Campus. Yeah, South Campus the is a big walk. That's like two miles away. Right. So a little bit in my head, that's kind of what I'm comparing it to. If you told me I had to walk from Fagan to South Campus, I would do it. You walk into yeah, campus. It's miserable. Walk. It's still a hike. It's still a hike. I get yeah. it. Right? You know why it's a miserable walk? Because it's just a straight walk. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. That's that's the worst type of walk. <laughs> but here's where we started to get into trouble. Is about halfway on campus. We'd already been walking about twenty minutes. And that's when your friend uh hopes says it's only a half a mile. It's about a half a mile. 
that's when I started to clock the journey on my phone. So I was yeah. like, well, we left 20 minutes ago, and she says it's a half a mile, so I'm going to look at my phone in 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes, we are nowhere near where we're close to civilization. We're like walking over lakes and around lakes and through neighborhoods and like the walk just never stops. So at about after walking for about a half an hour, I decide to pull out my Google Maps and find out how far we were from our final destination. At that point, a half an hour into the walk, we still had 1.2 miles to go. (laughs) And my issue is, because I don't know anything about LSU. So, like, when we drove to the game, I knew it took us a while to get to the game. You know, but that's because we were in traffic. Yeah. But I have no concept of where we're going, you know? Because, hey, I'm drunk and I'm in the back of a pickup truck. Right. (laughs) You know, and then... And then you get out of there, and it's nighttime, and I really don't have a concept other than, like, you know, I recognize, like, when we walk out of state and we walk through that little area where you spit out onto the campus, you know, like, there's little archways. Yeah, yeah. Right there, because I've done that a million times, or every time I've been out there, but it's like, I have no concept where we're gone, and then you realize, you know, I realized about a half hour in that they didn't really know where the fuck they were gone, you know? Because had they known where they were fucked, they were gone, they would have known it was more than a mile to two miles away. You right, know? Right. Yeah, because it was on, um, what was it, Sunday, I think, later on. Jordan asked me if we got in anything. I was like, no, nah, man, we just been sitting around. And I was like, yeah, we were talking about that. I was like, and I was telling him how you said how you looked at that. It was still so many miles away. And he's like, yeah, well, me and Annie, I was telling her about it, and we looked it up, and it was um, three miles. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a huge lake. You got to walk around a <laughs> yeah. huge lake, and then we went on... Like, yeah, there's east- a bunch of little lakes right there, yeah. <laughs> east Lakeshore Drive, right? And the place is up by, like, Route 10. Um, what, was it, what was it called? Is it Nicholson or whatever? I don't know. All the street names here. Yeah. No, they're uh, LSU street names, you know? Like, if you know LSU, yeah. It was just brutal. It was horrible. And like three miles is a long fucking way to walk, especially. It's different to say, "Hey, you're going to walk three miles," as opposed to you're walking. You don't know how long it's going to be, and yeah. it ends up being three miles. Correct. That's the real issue: is not having, is not knowing when this is going to end. And then finally, we got to a point where he he's like, "Oh, well, I think if we just take a left right here, it leads out to it." And we took a left, and it was probably like another. Five blocks. You know, yes. It was like, finally. And we were like near that, you know, at that underpass and all that shit, you know, under the bridge. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were like hobos. Yeah. Type of place where, you know, uh, you could get, uh, yeah, it looked like the type of place where you get dirty things for a cheap price. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a good. 300 yards behind you guys you know I'm and I kept trying to lag back yeah now and then to keep up because I felt bad because you were 
lagging behind, you know. But every time you got back to me, I was like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I wasn't too loud. I thought about that in retrospect. No, I mean, everybody knew it sucked. Yeah. You know? So because, it's not like it was a secret. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, this is a bad idea. I knew it was a bad idea when we hopped in the back of that truck. <laughs> you know? Because as soon as we get back to the truck, Jordan's like, hey, dude, I'm sorry, man. And, like, you know, he was super heartfelt in, you know, his yeah. apology. And I, I just laughed, you know? I was like, it's all right, man. You know, no big deal. But not on what the you got to do at that point. You can't be pissed off anymore. You're in the car at that yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. We made it. And that's kind of my thing, right? Yeah. Is that I'll get pissed while the situation is going because we we had an opportunity to not be in that situation. But yeah. if the situation's and over. And, of course, I was in the conflicted role of the friend, individual friend of both parties. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I kept sliding back to you, and you were pissed, and I'm going up, and I'm trying to keep up with them just so we won't lose them. Yeah, yeah. You know, too. (laughs) That was the other issue, because at a certain point, they were like a couple blocks ahead, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, that sucked. But I mean, I do appreciate the fact that he drove. I do appreciate the fact that, you know, that he was local, and we, we... you know, we hit that that place beforehand. That was all fun. It was all good. It was just bad. It was a bad design. Yeah, you know what I mean. So and I the real wanna... problem is also with LSU. You get out of that stadium, even when it's only half filled, like it was when we got out of there. Yeah, they don't have any good system of like cabs, or Ubers, or anything running you from the stadium to wherever you want to go. Right, right, right. Like you know, you go to a game. You go to. A, a Saints game, yeah, it's going to be a pain in the ass, but it, but it's going to be available, you know, because you're in the middle of downtown New Orleans, you know? Yep. But there is nothing for that, you know? It wasn't even like an option, you know? Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was yeah. just like, good luck. So it was just like we were screwed. It's like we had no choice. But, um, you know, I mean, in Jordan's defense, I know he made that decision from the perspective of a Drunk guy that doesn't want to get behind the wheel of his car. <laughs> yeah, okay, and I respect that. And I, I, I mean, I that's where it really is, because it's like, you know, it's like you're sitting there having a good time, you had a couple of drinks, it's like, ah, oh, do you really want to have to go? And that guy had the parking pass. We would have had to go find a place to park and pay for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it probably would have got us a mile closer. Yeah. <laughs> in, just in retrospect, it's one of those situations that yeah. you're like, if you would have given me the if you would have given me the lay of the land at the beginning of the journey, right? We pull in and the situation is this. Okay, guys, here's the deal. We're going to go in here, we're going to have some drinks. And we're probably going to catch a ride over, which is cool, but that means we may need to walk back to the car unless one of you guys wants to not drink here so we can drive over yeah and then i jumped in on the plan well then there we go i'm complicit you know yeah but but it's like one of those situations where uh you know i got drafted into the i got drafted into the baton death march Yeah, probably because I what probably made me even more bitter is that I was no I was I'm in no physical shape to be hoofing three miles in my Chuck Taylors after eating 
a, a yeah, donut. Yeah, you weren't exactly in great walking shoes either. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in great walking shoes. I'm not in great walking shape. I've got a donut and a quesadilla in my belly. <laughs> yep. But let's hope that makes you that much better for the walk season now, you know? Yes. And, and listen, at, at the end of the day, you know, two hours and 15 minutes into the retelling of this of this tale, it's 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 a giggle. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? I mean, that was like when we were uh, see another death march, and they always just happen to take places take place at places that give easily to a playoff of the Bataan Death March. <laughs> uh, when we were in Hungary, uh, 2007, a law school program, we went to this place. Uh, it was like the one weekend you had to go do, you could go do something. And, you know, we were like, well, we got to go somewhere. We hopped on a train and we went to this area, Lake Balaton. It's this huge lake. I guess it's promoted as the largest lake in Central Europe. But where we got out, we didn't know, you know, we didn't speak Hungarian. It's not really too English friendly in that part of the world, you know? Right. You know, because the poorer the country, the less the English is available. You know how that goes in Europe, you know? Um, So we know where we're gone, but like we're walking along this lake. We're like, well, we just keep walking along the lake. And everywhere we went, like, we didn't, finally we found, there was just nothingness. Nothing. We were walking forever. And finally, we found some inn, and they told us where to go. And they were like, oh, go to this town. We go to this town. And they were like, oh, well, go to this friggin' ferry. There's a ferry, and we got on the ferry, and we're like thinking we're finally there. Because they're like, you're going to take this ferry across. There's going to be all kinds of cabs. And we get there to wherever the ferry drops us off, and... The cabbie's there, and we're like, yeah, we want to be here. He's like, but y'all are young people. You want to go to this town? I think it was <laughs> she a fuck. You know, he ended up taking this town. And finally, we were there, but we had coined that the Balaton Death March. Because right. it, it lasted all day. And we probably, you know, it seems like we walked 20 miles, but it was probably like five miles. Right, know? right. It's because you're it not expecting total, it. Yeah, it was the... It was the having no clue, you know, where you're coming from, you know. It's like, it's even like when you're in a car, you know, you go somewhere that could be like an hour away in the car and you've never been there before, but then the way back, it's way easier because like, all right, I recognize all this shit. But when you have no frame of reference, it really sucks, you know. Right, right. And that was the big problem. I know frame of reference, you know. You know what the lakes at LSU mean to me? Nothing, you know. <laughs> you know, like if I'm at... If I'm walking back from South Campus in Syracuse and I and I pass the cemetery, I'm like, oh, there's the cemetery. I know where I am, you know? Yep, yeah. Yeah. You start getting an idea. It's like, oh, the cemetery's right here. That means it's maybe a quarter mile before we start getting to the uh, sorority houses and stuff up there, you know? Jeez. So, Yeah. Even with but that. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had such a lousy time. And <laughs> it's all Jordan's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be. Uh, I did not want to be ungrateful because I think, uh, you know, he was. Uh, he's gracious enough to drive, and you organized the, you know, the tickets, and he was in on all that. And I think it was. Uh, it was good times. I had a. I had a blast, and that's yeah. just uh, you know a funny little anecdote of. Yeah, I just know when I got. 
we got back to his house, I had to drive from his house. Yeah. At that point, it wasn't even that I was drunk anymore because it had been six hours at least because that was like a little bit after midnight and the game mm-hmm. started at six. Since I had my last drink, I was just fucking tired. And honestly, I was like, I, when we got out, I was like, man, I'd be happy to just freaking hop in the car and go to sleep. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I was like, dude, you know, the motivations to get at home and sleep in an actual bed, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and I remember when I got home, I was like on fumes with gas. I was like, I ain't stopping for fucking gas. This is getting us home one way or another. Because <laughs> that was miserable. And I was like, I text, you know, the next day when he's texting me, I was like, yeah, more power to you, man, for fucking driving us all the way home. Because I don't know if I could have handled that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because that was, you know, the 15 to 20 minutes from his house was miserable enough. Yeah, Much yeah. less the hour, a the hour and a half or so from Zippy's to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, that was a long day, late night, but good times, man. Good times. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a blast, and we took it easy Sunday, and 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 yeah. Monday we, you know, we did a little. Yeah, light. I got out the next morning, and uh, you know, like before the Saints game started, I went out, got the dog. I, you know, we ain't got gas and stuff. And later today, he's texting me. He's like, "Will y'all get anything?" I was like, "No." I was like, "I was like, Sanders hasn't even walked outside the house," <laughs> 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 which I didn't blame you. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's sun- Listen, so Sunday is my day of rest, regardless of where I am staying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to get so depressed when I'd be in Boston. I'd, you know, on weekends, it's like. I get up, especially in the winter, you know, when the days are like four hours long. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all of a sudden it'd be like four o'clock, and all and it's getting dark, and it's like, dude, I haven't even stepped out of the house today. This is depressing. <laughs> and it's like, oh well, there's my weekend. <laughs> oh, miserable. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Well, or like back in the Syracuse days when I wasn't even waking up till five o'clock in the evening, right. Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I remember. It was, I think it was Mike. It's uh, the uh, Rudo. Uh, one year when y'all were up visiting, probably doing homecoming weekend or whatever. And uh, you know, I remember I came downstairs and a couple other people come downstairs. I, I think it was when Shaggy finally came downstairs. It was like five something. Rudo's like, man, this place really comes alive at five p.m. <laughs> 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 it's because uh, no one's going to bed to like six, you know, the way it used to be, you know? Sure, sure. It's a different lifestyle. It used to be funny. You guys would visit. And since y'all were like post-grad stuff, y'all already, y'all had already been out of the house, going to have a big lunch at Fagan's. <laughs> right, that was the big deal. While you were up there, you had to do the things, you know? You had to go get yeah. lunch at Varsity, uh, you know, yeah. one day. And then, you know, you come up on a Thursday so you could catch Thursday night. And then you had lunch at Varsity on... on uh, you know, on Friday, and then you came back to the house, and then you hit happy hour at fours, and then yep. uh, you came back to the house, and then you went out, and then the next day you had lunch at Fagan's. And yeah, you always had lunch at Fagan's like on a Saturday. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I always remember that because I, I went to lunch at Fagan's, and y'all was like, y'all a couple of times, but you, it used to be like, you know, so many times it was that y'all had already come back and were like, <laughs> taking your naps, chilling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, taking naps was a big deal. Yeah, and everybody else is finally waking up because, you know, everybody else is 
the residents are all on college mode still. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Things are different when you're uh, just revisiting places. Yeah, because you got to take yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, when you visit here, man, the amount of calories I took in. You know, it's like I go to Parkway once every few months. Go to Giacomo's maybe twice a year. Go to Rocky and Carlos maybe twice a year. You know? And I don't want to be eating like that all the time, as it is, you know? Right. Yeah, like, went to Parkway later that night. We went to Rocky and, you know, went to Giacomo's that same night. You know, it's like Rocky and Carlos the night before. Port of Call go to maybe three or four times a year. You know, it's like you're eating all this, you know, which is basically binging food, you know? Yeah, yeah. Binging meals. You know, and you're eating like six of them. You know? I mean, sandwich that with like, oh, and you're going to drink friggin' half a case of beer on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) It's a young man's game. Yeah, no kid, man. But whatever. All right. At least you got to go to Waffle House. (laughs) Oh, that's what we did, right? We went to Waffle House. That's right. That was great. That was great. Yeah, oh, I got to tell the my Jody Skolnick Waffle House story. We'll save that till next week. Yeah, and that time, Google the Waffle House Index. It's a fun thing to look up. I read about it in the Wall Street Journal about six or seven years ago. Yeah. All right. And it refers to, um, you know, Waffle House is an independent company, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and they got a thing they call the Waffle House Index. Like when these natural disasters hit, like the Carolinas and stuff, they go see how many Waffle Houses are open, you know, and it kind of charts how bad a disaster is, you know. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, and it's, so it's an interesting. There's an interesting article. I think it's from the Wall Street Journal. I remember reading it years ago, you know, because Waffle Houses like they they'll stay open at almost any cost. You know, but it's like, it's got to be really fucked up for the Waffle House to be shut down. Right. Like, they'll do limited stuff, so it's become a thing out there. So, it's an interesting concept. And we can talk about Joey Skolnuck and Waffle House next time, because that is a good story. All right. Very good. Well, then on that. Sandwich that in between your Tom Petty experience (laughs) and your Walter Uh, Hagen story. (laughs) With apologies to Girk's brother. We will see you guys next week. Yeah, adios, Fredo. Um, Going to freeze up some of them Belgian waffles this weekend, I think. Mm-hmm.